Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What's up, Montana? Welcome in. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. My good friend, Rajim Seabrook, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Hope you're having an outstanding Friday. Sorry if I'm a rambling man today. I've been feeling a little bit uh, off. Have no fear. Uh, you know, I jabbed myself on the brain multiple times. We don't need to go down that road. All good. But uh, happy to be here with my good friend and happy to be talking sports with you. Hope everybody had an outstanding week. And I hope you're having an outstanding start to 2022. A whole bunch of stuff to get to. Uh, all sorts of celebrity deaths already here in January. I don't know if it's actually more prevalent or if we just know about it way quicker now because of social media and things like that. But Meatloaf passes away today. That's a bummer. And uh, Louis Anderson, famed comedian, also passes away. So mm-hmm. that, uh, in addition to Betty White earlier this month. so Sidney Poitier. Sydney, yeah, absolutely. That's a big one, man. Absolutely. So especially for people of a certain age. I mean, he was a transcendent talent. Uh, back in the 60s and 70s. So uh, life well lived for all those people, though. So that that's how we choose to remember people around here. You talk all the way around the world of sports today. Big night of college hoops last night. We haven't said that in a while because it seems like there's always at least one of the Montana schools, either the men or women's teams, getting delayed, postponed, canceled, whatever. All four of the Division One teams from the state of Montana played last night. So we'll take you through all those results. Uh, the best news... For any, any and everybody that follows the Montana teams, they all swept. Everybody won last night. So a good beginning to the weekend for the Montana schools and uh, four more big games coming up on Saturday. We're also going to talk some high school hoops. We're also going to talk some NFL playoffs. We got a footy 15 from our good guy, Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Radio. 
attacking around the world of soccer, specifically club soccer here in the, the Missoula scene. We're also going to talk some Grizz and Bobcat football. Sort of a similar conversation I've had with several of our contributing guest hosts around here. It is the offseason, so what are the strategies to approach this day and age with all these crazy transfer rules? But more importantly, what sort of personnel, regardless of where they come from, do the Montana Grizzlies and the Montana State Bobcats need? Because I think that we saw a full display, Frisco, Texas, earlier this month, who everybody's trying to catch. It's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious what the bar is. So what can Montana Montana State do to continue to close the gap, including uh, the addition we have an interview with, an addition that's already been made. That's Jaden Dawson, a guy who's a grad transfer from Idaho State, a junior college standout who got recruited by a lot of the schools in the Big Sky Conference. Our guy Andrew Houghton actually lived in Pocatello for a couple years before moving back here to Missoula uh, to help us out here at ESPN Radio. And so he was familiar with Jaden Dawson when he was getting recruited at Idaho State. And then I sort of coincidentally sat down with Jaden Dawson earlier this week. We are going to be catching up with all the recruits for both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies next week. But one, to get that series kicked off, Jaden Dawson, because I was down at SWX Montana recording some stuff on Tuesday, and uh, Jaden came in to do an interview with Sean Rainey. So I was like, well, you're already here. Let's just bust that little radio segment, too. So we'll let you get to know Montana's new cornerback, Jaden Dawson, a grad transfer from Idaho State. And then, of course, second hour, we're going to continue to talk NFL playoffs. The NFL conversation this first hour will be the weekend that was, and the second hour, the weekend that will be. A ton of good games this last weekend, a, t- a couple of stinker games this last weekend as well. Uh, but I think that this upcoming weekend slate is going to be dynamite. I think this is going to be awesome, awesome, awesome. You want to stream the show, you want to listen on your mobile device, your computer, tablet, you can always go to the station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live, you'll find the stream. You can also watch us alternatively from your SWX Montana television on YouTube. Nuana's now. Just uh, go ahead and subscribe to that. You'll get alerts whenever the show's coming on. And uh, great way to stream the show if you want to watch or listen or both. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can. 406-888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. Coming up in here in just a minute, we have another four-pack of tickets for you to the Lady Grizz. Lady Grizz play tomorrow afternoon, 2 p.m. against Northern Arizona. A good NAU squad got off to, to a 4-1 and start in Big Sky play. They got drilled last night in Bozeman. We'll get to that in just a minute. But a really talented squad led by one of Montana's favorite daughters, Lori Payne. She is a Haver native who's been at NAU for five years, but a former University of Washington standout All-American there as a player. And uh, she's done great things as a college head coach, first at uh, University of Puget Sound and now at Northern Arizona and Flagstaff. So the Lumberjacks in town, we got tickets for you. So stay tuned for that. And, of course, we are broadcasting from the Northwest Motorsports Studio Northwest Motorsport in the midst of their anniversary sale right now. Huge discounts on their lots and at nwmsrocks.com. Check out their huge inventory and huge discounts now at Northwest Motorsports anniversary sale. Speaking of anniversaries, next month is the 10th anniversary of ESPN Radio here in Missoula. How about that? That's crazy. Isn't that kind of crazy? Well, uh, mm. because I've been in the fold for five years. I know you've been involved in some sort of capacity pretty much since the beginning, since right? Since the beginning, yeah. Since I, You I were think, helping with Loyola games back in the day when Ryan was calling, yeah. Ryan Tutel was calling some of those? Well, they, they were people they were people there before Ryan. Ryan, Ryan started calling games uh, two years into the programming and going back to the days of, uh, 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 oh, God, I, he's going to kill me, but his... Beck, Ms. Becky would know. Either way, it was uh, Ben something. Ben, it was Ben. Ben Kaplan, is that right? Ben. Something. Ka- yes. Some of the K. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. We were thinking about this earlier because we're going to do a big 10th year anniversary next month. I better with, be part of it. Oh, of course you're going to be part of it. Yeah, you. I mean, you have a whole Friday show. You have four Friday shows next month if you'd like. Uh, we're also going to have Ryan Tutel come back on. Tommy Evans going to yeah. come on. Tucker Sargent's going to swing by. Sarge. I think Dave Cowan, the former general manager here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. I also called it a season at with Loyola Dave. with Dave. Dave. Yeah, the, very cool. Uh, we, we covered both back-to-back state championships for Loyola. Oh, very cool, yes. So, when yeah. uh, when Bo Hughes was playing for his old man, Todd Absolute, Hughes, those, got were, it. those were great teams, Josh man. Jensen and the boys. Oh, yeah, man. Those were good, those were good days. So, speaking of, though, uh, our 10th anniversary, just a little tease for what's coming up. Not only 
Uh, are we going to just have a, a variety of guests to sort of commemorate the te- the first 10 years of ESPN, what I, which I hope is the first of many decade-long celebrations. 10 years, dang. We also, though, the the most faithful and loyal sponsor. We love all of our advertisers, all our sponsors around here, but the very first place in Missoula that wanted to advertise on ESPN Radio was the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Oh, Cody boys That's over right. there. Right. The king of wings. You know what's up? Our main man, Brian Cody, he's the man, and uh, yes. he's a big supporter of ours, and he's a big supporter of just Everything. sports in this town for sure. But this is cool, man. He came up with this on his own. We usually give you a dozen wings to the Despo every Wednesday. What's up? We are going to give you each Wednesday throughout February. Not a dozen wings, no. Ten wings every ten minutes for the full two hours of the show. You're talking 200 wings per show, 800 wings in the month of February. Oh, sucky, sucky <laughs> now. You get, oh, I'm in. Right. Well, well, I, well can, can, can I? <laughs> I mean, at the, at this one might have some uh, no-holds-barred rules because giving away that many wings is going to be uh, in itself oh, uh, uh, a task, it but it's going to be fun. I know go, everybody yes. out there is drooling already, so stay stay tuned for that. Awesome. Look forward to that. Ten wings every ten minutes every Wednesday <laughs> for our 10th anniversary here at ESPN Radio. Very cool. Thanks to Brian and the King of Wings and oh, uh, the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for, for hooking that up. Last time you were in, you were getting prepared for a long weekend. Martin Luther King Day was on Monday. Yes, sir. Uh, we worked here to, uh, at ESPN Radio, but I, I did a little... A monologue, and we of course we played. I listened. We of course we played. Uh, I had a dream. The, yes, the speech, of course. Yes, uh, I think it's important for people to remember. Plus, it's just it's just an uh, an unbelievable piece of audio. I mean, not only for its eloquence, but also for how concise it is. I mean, it's six minutes and forty two seconds, and it's just fire. I mean, it's not too long. It's not too short. It's just wonderfully, beautifully done, and something that I hope resonates forever. But we'll, we will always play that on Martin Luther King Day here at ESPN Radio because I do think it's very essential. But you were involved in a bunch of stuff for MLK Day, so tell the folks, what were you, what were you up to on Monday? Oh, man, just trying to stay grounded and appreciative of, of that man and many other men and people in general that came before me. Um, that allows me to sit here and across from the table and talk to you, my friend. Um, it was a day of reflection. It was a day of exposure for my son. Uh, it was a day of, of helping, uh, well, not helping, but was already in the pre-plans with Empower Montana, which was made up of several entities to help put on a great online <clears throat> Uh, MLK Day celebration during the evening of uh, well over a hundred people were in attendance. Uh, it was it was it was good to see. I know numbers would have been higher since COVID, but it's it's uh, for me it was more it's more MLK gave his life for a great many things, but there were so many more people, and that was my big challenge uh, for this week and and for uh, my my organization that I do a lot of great equity work work with and for uh, to challenge to go beyond MLK and remember those who, who are still fighting the good fight and to realize that civil rights, it's not just, it's not just a black, white thing. It's a human thing. Totally. Um, and, and, and once one person or a certain ilk of people, civil rights are violated, everyone is, is impacted, uh, indifferently and negatively. So it was a day of reflection, education, exposure, uh, and sadness, uh, because part of, as you just noted, that six minutes and 42 seconds of that speech, how, how much of that is still prevalent till today yep. and the fact that so much of that resonates in the year of 2022 is uh is powerful sad and and intriguing all in the same breath it's a stark reminder for for both how far we've come and what a wonderful thing that is and how far we still have to go absolutely there's no doubt about it and i know that the, the way that that a lot of national broadcasting has gone and the way that the, the world has sort of gone when it comes to uh, cable television in particular, mm-hmm. there's so much um, inflammatory talk. There's so much, right? You know, th- people people are using the emotion of the viewer a lot, and uh, you know, and I, I'm not here to give a full commentary on what I think of all of this the stuff, but I do think that some of it is disingenuous, even if it is in its essence, in its entry point, the way that uh, they have good intentions, but a lot of times the delivery is poor. But the thing that I always remind people around here is that, first of all, civil rights, civil activism is a very important thing, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, mm-hmm. and no matter no matter where you're going. Mm-hmm. But I also think that oftentimes there are displays of civil rights that are very peaceful and very non-obtrusive, very not in your face. You don't even know you're really watching it. And that's what I always think of when I watch sports, particularly 
college sports in Montana because I do think that there's a, a distinct socioeconomic, social, cultural, and racial dynamic to watching the sports teams for Montana and Montana State because you do have a whole variety of kids from a whole bunch of different backgrounds, particularly in basketball because there's so few in-state recruits on the basketball teams, particularly the men's team. You got guys from not only all over the country but all over the world. World, great, you know, great differentiation in their backgrounds. Yet they're the best of friends, and I think it's it's such a great example of how multiculturalism works. Like when you, if you go to a Grizz basketball game, you're going to watch Josh Bannon and D, DJ Carter Hollinger walk off the court together every game because they're the best of buddies. And one dude is from, you know, the inner city in o- Oakland, and the other dude's from Melbourne, Australia. Like, they they would never, ever, ever, ever meet each other unless it was for University of Montana men's basketball. But that's cool. And to me, I always try to think, this is sort of a display of civil rights activism. The display of the opportunity that is that has been provided because of guys like Martin Luther King that sort of set the stage now for the multiculturalism that exists even in our communities uh, through the lens of college sports. I, I think that's beautiful, and I would dare use the word poignant point, uh, uh, Coulter. I think that sports, much like music and the arts overall, uh, are are circles that bring people together. Uh, and and I don't know if, if we want to use Missoula, Montana as a microcosmic dot to look into. Sure. Uh, just from a, a team, it would it would be, that's a very interesting. I don't know. My my sociolo- my inner sociologist is like clicking along with that because when I'm now that I'm going up and down the bench, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, but not to to digress too far away from what we're talking about. Uh, sports, uh, the culture within is a great platform to 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 learn how to and I and I'm using the word on purpose integrate people of all walks of life yes. uh, and and to come to a uh, you know come to off a common platform to 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 mix meet meld and and mesh. New on is now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television, my good friend Rajim Seabrook in studio hey. with me, Coulter Nuanas. Happy Friday. Yes. A whole bunch of college hoops last night. The game here in Missoula. And by the way, uh, prompt him once again, just in case, 406-888-1029. You want to go to the Lady Grizz basketball game tomorrow, you can call us or text us. But uh, last night in Missoula, University of Montana lit it up. It was... Uh, a thorough effort from start to finish. They had some familiar faces that contributed like they almost always do, at least this season. But they also had a breakout performance by a freshman in Haley Heward. She hit six three-pointers. And watching the highlights, man, it so, it's so joyful because she's touted as somebody that can absolutely shoot it. She can shoot the ball, no doubt about it. Lights out. She's 6'1", and she can play on the wing. But it was just so fun watching her because all the highlights – She's just laughing and giggling, smiling, just smiling, having the best time ever. But Lady Grizz pull out a ninety-three. I shouldn't say pull out; they roll to a ninety-three fifty-seven victory over Portland State. Lady Grizz shot almost fifty percent from the floor, forty-two percent from three, seventeen offensive rebounds. Mm, they mm, sliced mm. and diced that Portland State zone inside, outside, in the middle, all the way around. Our guy Andrew Houghton was there on behalf of both ESPN Missoula as well as Skyline Sports. So take us through it. I mean, I thought your game recap, which, by the way, on SkylineSportsMT.com right now, you can go check it out, was very good. But sort of the intricacies of what opened things up for Haley Hewitt actually started inside. Yeah, Coulter, it's a stretch sometimes to say anything or or to take anything out of a 35-point win. But I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff that the Grizz did there. I mean, that Portland State zone has sort of been their calling card since Lynn Kennedy has been there. And, of course, with his longtime assistant, Chelsea Gregg, taking over. They stayed with the same game plan, and it's a, it's a fearsome defense to go against Coulter when it's really working well because they've got a bunch of long girls, and they always have the big shot blocker in the middle of that 2-3 zone. Well, they don't quite have that talent anymore or, or this year with Lynn Kennedy leaving, and Montana really took advantage of that. I mean, they went inside early. They forced Portland State to crash down, and here's the thing about that Montana team, Coulter. They've got some great passers. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't either posting up in the zone or shooting from outside. They were hitting cutters, slicing through that zone, opening it up, getting easy buckets inside, and that just forces everybody to crash down. Opens it up for the three-point shooters, and uh, Haley Heward really took advantage. It was. It was great to watch her. The, the passing element is uh, an essential one, and I think that Montana has been, the Lady Grizz have been so disjointed on offense the last couple of years, it was the most perplexing part of the on-court portion of the Shannon Schwain era. 
they they were almost devoid of any sort of movement. Like their motions and stuff were just stagnant. It was so strange to watch, particularly from having watched the Lady Grizz for my whole life. And what did Robin Selvig do? You play tough defense, you win the battle of the boards, but your execution on offense is sharp like a knife. And they, they were really mm-hmm. not that, but they look way more like that now. And I, I really think it adds to the visual appeal of it all, but it also just adds, I mean, 17 assists on 32 makes and you shoot 50%. That's about as efficient as you're going to get in a conference midweek college basketball game. Well, I like to break that stat down even more. If you're getting that many assists, you know what you're also getting a lot of? Rebounds. And if you look at if you look at uh, uh, some of the stats last night, several uh, there were... I think Abby was in double digits, had a double-double. Yep, several Abby other, Anderson, 14 points, 10 rebounds. Bingo. And there were several other girls that had, you know, seven, eight, nine rebounds respectively. Yep. And when you're doing that, you can push the ball, get out and transition, and get those easy buckets or set up a half-half-court offense in which it's one or two skip passes, buckets, and that's exactly what was on full display last night. Haley, here were the leading scorer once again with 18 points, but Sammy Facken had 16 points and seven rebounds. Mm. Her move, she she can play the both guard spots. She could play the three. She was playing the four a little bit last night, too. Mm-hmm. And that gave them sort of this Golden State Warriors like lineup of death type thing because then you can spread <laughs> the, the floor so much. Honestly, the Lady Grizz, their their lineup versatility is tremendous because if you can play Haley Heward on the wing at 6-1, but you could also play Sammy Fack in one through four, and you could also play Carmen G. Feller, who's a true stretch four. Exactly. But she can also play on the wing as well. And then you can play Sophia Styles on and off the ball, depending on what you do with Sammy Fackin. That's a pretty devilish lineup, man. That's very versatile and athletic. Well, it, what it also does is it it takes away the element of surprise for what you'll see defensively. If you can yeah. get if you can get two or three of those aforementioned combinations going, Colter, defensively as a coach, you can't adjust because now right. your 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 people are out of position. Not because they're out of position physically, position per position, you're not matching up well, and then it becomes a lights out thing for the Lady Grizz. Sophia Styles led the way with five assists of those 17 assists. It's Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, right, Jim Seabrook, in studio with me, Andrew Houghton and Jeff Safford, both in the back. Appreciate those guys for sitting uh, back there and guiding us through this show. Andrew, the other guy I wanted to ask you about, because we're, we're going to talk a lot about that starting five I just talked about. I do think it's one of the most talented uh, in the league. But a young lady who's joined us on this show twice, and uh, by the way, A-plus as a comedian, I mean, she came locked and loaded, making fun of her assistant coaches, like just ready to roll. She's only a freshman. I was like, this girl, this girl's got some courage. If you're willing to like put your coaches, Spunk. if you're put, put your coaches on blast and then they're texting in saying how much they love it because they think you're so funny too, that's pretty good. That's good stuff. But Danny Barsh, the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year last year at Helena Capital, uh, led the Bruins to multiple state championships in both volleyball and basketball. She had nine points and seven rebounds. I know when I got home last night, uh, I asked you what you think, and, you, and that was the first name that you mentioned was Danny Barr. So tell the folks, I mean, what's sort of the early scout on on the freshman from Helena? Yeah, Coulter, eye-opening, I would say. And you're not looking for too much because you know she's a true freshman. Yeah. And that's why it was so impressive. And, and you know, she's got all the tools, right? She's 6'3", six, 6'4", six, great athlete, as that's been proven by her high school success. So when you see somebody like that playing and getting some minutes in their freshman year, you're really not looking for too much of a checklist. You just want to see, can they handle themselves? Are they getting scared out there? Does it look like they have the athleticism for it? And she really does. And more than that, she's smooth. She's she's not just a great athlete. Yeah. She has a good sense of her body, you know? And a lot of times that's so tough to come for for these young kids who are, you know, gangly like she is and, and tall like she is. And she just has it together. Really good hand-eye coordination. I mean, she had one where she... Grabbed an offensive rebound, and this was sort of a theme for them last night. They dominated the offensive boards, like Regime mentioned. Grabbed the offensive rebound, sees Abby Anderson cutting under, underneath, dump off pass to her. It's just a nice play. It speaks to her basketball sense, her hand-eye coordination, everything you want to see from those young kids. So really impressive. Well, that's the other uh, No, It's so true, her athleticism, the fact that she was an All-State, multiple, I mean, three-time All-State volleyball player and a, a standout in track, too. So often when you get uh, young ladies of that height in the Big Sky Conference, they're several years away from even being able to function mm-hmm. athletically on a basketball court because they just haven't grown into the, their way of moving like Andrew was talking about. That's where Barsh is sort of next level. And Montana State has a very interesting prospect as well. And Lindsey Hine, she's 6'6". 
when I first saw her play when she was a junior in Forsyth, I thought, wow, she has so long, she's so far away from being able to play at the college level. There's no way she's going to be able to play without fouling. Well, she developed umpteen times during her senior year, and now she's a contributor as well. But the, the athleticism that we're seeing out of some of these these post players at a young age, that's the difference, right? Because so often the, the the young ladies that would land here at that height, they'd be they'd be projects. They'd be several years away from being able to play. Well, that's a testament to you know coaches saying play multiple sports. It well rounds your games in so many different aspects. The other thing that we're seeing, and I just want to go back to Danny. When I used to coach, uh, I coached at Hellgate. Yes. She was well above. She was a woman amongst girls four <laughs> yeah, years right, ago. Right. Uh, and the same thing, like, how, how do you game plan for that? Because of the fluidity, the court vision, the maturity um, uh, that this young lady possesses. But then going back to the overall general scope of things in the young athletes of today, the ability to close the gap on uh, of areas of progress for athletes is at an all-time high. Yeah. Uh, kids, kids are engaging in better nutrition, better yep. diets. Uh, they're they're training more rigorously. They're training uh, more sports specific. Uh, there's just more opportunities for kids to constantly stay on their games. And I tell you what, as you sit here on this beautiful Mac computer, technology has helped as well. So kids can learn how to get better just by looking in the screen, chiming in, and just duplicate, replicate, emulate everything that they see. Uh, the the dawn of the new athlete. It's 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 crazy. When I look at my son at nine yeah. years old and his peers and sure. what they're able to do. Sure. It's like, how are you this good this early? Totally. It's ridiculous. This is the argument my brother and I always have, though, because I uh, went down the rabbit hole of watching all the NFL's top 100 um, last summer. It was when my roommate had moved out. Andrew had not moved in yet, and we did. We were like in the transition where there was no cable, and I'm like, well, it's July. I don't, I don't need any cable. There's nothing on. <laughs> so I was just watching stuff on my phone for a minute to wind down before going to bed each night or whatever, so I was just watching the top 100. And it's the inevitable argument of, well, those guys could never compete with the receivers and running backs and things like that in the game today. They're nowhere close to the athletes. But then the opposite side is I do think that the skill development, athleticism, acceleration is so profound right now. But I do think that the the toughness and, and fortitude of yesteryear is still so much. So that's what yeah. I always say. Like, if those dudes had this training and that same mentality, that is how you get – all-time greats. I'll, I'll, one of my favorite arguments, Jerry Rice, to me, hands sure, down the sure. best receiver of all time for multiple reasons. Yep. Not the fastest guy. No, 4-6 like, at the combine. Right. You give him the same speed and agility training that someone like Tyreek Hill had. Right. Like J.K. Metcalf running at, in SEC track facilities during the springs. Come on, son! Yeah. Like it's it, it's lights out. Like sure. it's a if it's sure. a different but ball on, game. on the on the flip side though. As much as these guys now work out, there's nobody that's working out like Walter Payton and Jerry Rice. I mean, no, no. You're talking about 100-pound sandbags up and down the hill for 10 hours a day. For real. But I'm just saying, you. <laughs> I, I mean, that, and that's just, you know, straight humpstrap beast. In yeah, it. Yeah. Like, you add that science and technology to someone like Walter Payton? Are you kidding me? Oh, come on, man. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Rajim Seabrook, joining me hey. in studio. Happy to be here with you on a Friday. Hope you're having an outstanding uh, end to your week. On the road out of the West Coast, the Montana Grizzly men's basketball team, they squeezed out one. It was nowhere near as fluid or entertaining as the Lady Grizz game. It was a slugfest, which is an interesting deal because Portland State, for a long time, under both Ty Geving and Barrett Peary, they run this full-court press. It's almost like the mid-'90s Arkansas teams, 40 minutes of hell, Nolan Richardson style. <laughs> they're, still play, they're still playing that style, Portland State is. But for whatever reason, last night's game just turned into a, a slowdown drag. The Grizz, though, they do emerge with a 66-64 victory. It wasn't easy. It wasn't pretty. But it's funny because I, I thought to myself, man, that was an ugly game. That was not very fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, but they the Montana Grizzlies won, and the guy who doesn't care one iota that it was ugly or a grind is the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. That's Travis Takir. In his post-game press conference, he said, hey, I'm preaching these guys for two months, how making shots is not how you win games. You're going to make shots or miss shots sometimes. Mm -hmm. How tough are you? How many stops can you get? And they got endless stops last night. So great defensive effort by Montana. Josh Bannon leads away 22 points. He had the two game-sealing free throws with 14 seconds left. But uh, 
pretty funny because I did I did hear some from some of my Grizz followers that were saying, "Oh man, this was an ugly game. Man, the Grizz just aren't very good on offense." And I said, "Hey, it wasn't pretty, but guess what? If you play defense like that, you got a good chance against anybody." These where it's at, man. Like I, I think defense has been so underrated in basketball, both on the collegiate level and the NBA level. Like I like that's def- why that's why judging. NBA, I, the NBA is a different sport than all other be- levels of basketball. Oh no, without, without a doubt. Do you know what I mean? Without a doubt, because some of the, I mean, the top twenty-five scores in the NBA are at this point unguardable. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe that's not twenty-five, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you you have to hit Steph Curry in the back of the leg with a baseball bat to stop him. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, you totally. can't, you cannot stop him. Oh, Nancy Kerrigan, like, flashback. <laughs> <laughs> like, you cannot stop. When James Harden gets a cooking, you can't stop him. True. Like, you can't stop these guys. So, so I totally agree with your premise, though. Like, great team defense, communication, all this stuff is the key on all levels of basketball. But the NBA, it, it really is just about do you have one of those 10 best scorers because those guys can score against anybody. anybody at any given time. So, to me, I love seeing defense. That also means that they're playing together as a team. Yeah. When you have some some of these affairs, that's, that's kind of those – at the end of the game, you're looking around the locker room, you're like, man, we won as a team, and we didn't win as one or two individuals taking us to the promised land. And for uh, and, and for some of the the components and the cogs on the wheel of, uh, of this iteration of Grizz basketball, team defense is a good thing for them. That victory lifts Montana to 5-2 and two in conference play. Bingo. So uh, they are rolling right along. In Bozeman, the other game in the state of Montana, a phenomenal effort by the Montana State women's team. This team was really up and down for the first portion of this year. And then they had a COVID issue within their program that had them, uh, caused them to miss 16 full days. Mm. They were on a three-game losing streak going into that COVID delay. And so they, they come out of it, and now they have this stretch where they have four games at home in seven days. But last night, they got one of the best wins in the league so far this year. They drilled Northern Arizona 88-73. That NAU team only has one league loss coming into Bozeman. And uh, they were dynamite. They were lights out. The main news brief out of this one, Darian White, Montana State's, I'm just going to call her an All-American because I do think she's going to be an All-American before her career is over. She was an honorable mention All-American a year ago. Uh, I do think she's that caliber of player. But she had 16 points, 7 rebounds, but she also won over 1,000 points for her career. So uh, crazy accomplishment for her, over 1,000 already, even though she still has half her junior year and a full senior year remaining. But other than White, I mean, White is tried and true. I mean, 16 points is her season average. She's going to get you five-plus boards, five-plus assists every single night. She's the best point guard in the league. But for Montana State last night, it was everybody else. Caitlin Lomardo and Leah Beatty each stepped up to drill three three-pointers each. Maddie Jackson came off the bench to drill a couple triples. She had 10 points uh, in reserve action. And MSU goes 10 of 22 from three. And uh, they also were dynamite from the free-throw line as well. But the Bobcats win 88-73. They got that Portland State team, which has not won a league game yet, coming to town. That's a welcome uh, arrival for Montana State because then they host the Lady Grizz on Monday. So a good majority of our show Monday will be getting you prepped up for the Montana State-Montana women's game in Bozeman. But a big win by the MSU women at home in Bozeman last night. And then your final result from last night for the Montana schools in the Big Sky Conference came in Flagstaff. Montana State went on the road against Northern Arizona, and uh, they were in full control of this game. They're up 20 points most of the second half. They sort of had a letdown and let NAU come all the way back to cut it to two. But then Montana State ends the game on a a 12-2 run, and they win going away 89-84. So the Bobcats get a five-point victory in the game. They were up 15 points at halftime. But a good win nonetheless. It's a weird place to play, a tough place to play. Bobcats shot the ball exceptionally well. They were 55% from the floor. Xavier Bishop, without Amin Adamo, he was a late scratch because of what they said was health concerns. So I, you can read between the lines there. COVID! And, uh, so Xavier Bishop carries the way for the backcourt for MSU. Plays all 40 minutes. Has 26 points and 6 assists. The best game so far of his senior year. Jabril Bello had 14 points and 11 rebounds. And Tyler Patterson, uh, an in-state product, a kid from Arizona, has 14 points. And hits four three-pointers as MSU goes 9 of 19 from deep. So that means right now, after all four Montana teams won this last weekend, the Lady Grizz and the Lady Bobcats are both 4-2 and two in conference play. And the Montana State and Montana men are each 5-2 and two in conference play. So we got ourselves some contenders 
across the board for both men's and women's basketball in the Big Sky Conference race this season. We're not going to get to the NFL playoffs right now, but we will talk a lot of NFL playoffs in hour number two, so keep it dialed. But instead of football, how about some football? We're going to talk some soccer. Our Andrew Houghton reviving his uh, soccer and snow and smoke podcast. We got an excerpt from it. It's the forty fifteen talking soccer here on ESPN Radio. Keep it right here, one zero two nine FM. Nuanas now. Last week on the ESPN Roundtable, new MSU Northern head football coach Jerome Sowers. I ended up resettling in Portland and then got a call from the administration at Montana State University Northern to see if I'd be interested in, in looking at their position. And not sure what I would see or find. Uh, what I found was, uh, in my opinion, a diamond in the rough, an absolute gold mine. Tune in to the ESPN Roundtable every Wednesday in the 5 o'clock hour on Nuanas Now. The ESPN Roundtable is brought to you by Paradise Falls. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Behind the red-hot shooting of a rookie, the Montana Lady Grizz got back in the swing of things enthusiastically on Thursday night. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. In their first game since January 6th because of COVID protocols, the University of Montana women's basketball team came out firing against Portland State. The Lady Grizz scored at least 20 points in all four quarters and shot 42% from beyond the three-point arc, led by freshman Haley Heward, nailing six triples on the way to a game-high 18 points lead Montana to a 93-57 win over the Vikings. The victory boosts Montana to 4-2 in Big Sky Conference play. The Grizz men had to grind out a victory on the West Coast Thursday. Montana did not take a lead until 32 minutes into the game before using a 13-3 run to seize control. Josh Bannon, who finished with a game-high 22 points, hit two free throws with 14 seconds left, helped UM emerge with a 66-64 win over Portland State. Montana's now 5-2 in league play. Flagstaff, the Montana State men kept pace by mounting an offensive outburst. Behind 26 points and 6 assists, from senior point guard Xavier Bishop. MSU earned an 89-84 win over Northern Arizona to move to 5-2 in league play. And in Bozeman, Darian White surpassed 1,000 points in her decorated career, and the MSU women drilled 10 three-pointers on the way to an 88-73 win over NAU. The MSU women now also 5-2 in league play. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. songs you never expected to hear on ESPN Radio. It's not that I don't like this. I actually love this song. It's just not really a, a sports theme song, but Meatloaf, a man who um, occupies a very distinctly unique place in, in music history and lore. Passed away today, age of 74, and uh, this is definitely one of his most famous and well-remembered songs. Uh, a powerhouse voice, a very unique style. I asked you what year you were born because I was trying to think if this album had come out when you were of any formative age. I think you were alive when this came out, but uh, oh yeah, I'm I old. guess this I'm is from old. This, I'm old. This is from actually his return album in the early '90s. But "Bad Out of Hell" is most famous album. Yeah. I believe came out in 1977, so you would have been a couple. Yes, well born. <laughs> well born, yeah. Well but born I, I don't think that like three year old Raj was necessarily sitting there putting on the "Bad Out of Hell" record. Uh, nah, man, nah. A lot of, lot of. A lot of Beatles in my house growing Ooh, up. Ooh, okay. Uh, a lot of Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. A lot of John Coltrane. I got a good Stevie Wonder story for you. When uh, when we put on this this smooth jam by Andrew Houghton that's coming up here in a minute. By the Let's way, Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Rajim Seabrook in studio yep. with me, Coulter Nuana's. Hope you're having a great Friday, 4015 with FC Missoula youth coach Jay Riser coming up next. Did I say that right? Risser. <laughs> there it is. Jay Risser from FC Missoula. Andrew's shaking his head at me, even though he just came and prepped me. That's the, that's the art of talk radio right there, though, baby. That's how you know we're live. Unedited, unfiltered. Um, but before we do that, do you have any thoughts on Meatloaf? Like, what do you think? Because the whole rock opera style, it's so just like... Undeniably good. Like it's it's very he's, he's very talented. He was I, very talented. It's just not everybody's cup of tea. But I always thought it was no, fun and I, funny and cool. I always thought he was just kind of a not in a disrespectful way. A very had a very novelty act to him. Sure. And uh, but his name's Meatloaf, so that's a, exactly. Kind of a so start. You, it's at, 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 and a be and an end. <laughs> sure. Um, 
Sans the gravy, of course. <laughs> but uh, no, he's an interesting person. He actually was in one of my favorite movies of all time. Like mm. he's he has a longer movie career than people realize. Totally, I loved him in Fight Club. Mm, like yep. like people don't realize his 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 stretch beyond rock opera and rock opera ability. But um, a cultural figure, uh, big when big when the world needed him the most. Interesting art cover, album cover art. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, a, a, a sad passing nonetheless, and also Louis Anderson. Yep. Um, Famed yeah. comedian. Yeah, an interesting day for big fellas of the world. That's right. New Eyes Now, ESPN Radio. A couple times a month, we're going to get back into this, highlighting soccer all across the board, whether it's local, club level, high school level, University of Montana, soccer around the state of Montana, or soccer at the national or international level. We are going to highlight all of it. Our guy, Andrew Houghton, great acumen when it comes to the beautiful game. He caught up with Jay Risser, the head coach for the FC Missoula Youth Coach. This is our 4015 here on Nuanas Now. Jay, when did you get into coaching? You know, when did you decide that that was a way to keep going with the game? And I know you, you ref too, right? Why did you sort of decide to keep going with the game after, after your playing career ended? So, I mean, that's kind of the reason right there is I wanted to still be involved in the sport that I loved. I wanted to see other people... Um, you know, learn and grow as a person from this game. Um, there's a lot of life skills that can be learned when you're playing soccer, uh, sports in general, team sports. Um, so that was the main thing to me. I wanted to stay firmly rooted in it. Um, you know, refing anybody that's involved in soccer will tell you that we need refs at, at that sport, you know, at, at every level. Um, so just helping where I could. Um, I had an opportunity to coach a really small town Montana team uh, years ago. Uh, they were like a recreational team. And that was when I f first realized, I'm like, man, you know, I, I feel like I have a little bit to offer here, especially to younger kids and just kind of teaching them the basics of the game. And um, so I wanted to do that. And like I said, I, my daughter finally came to a point where she wanted to get involved in soccer. And so I, I jumped at the opportunity. I mean, I thought, hey, you want to play? I'll, I'll help coach. Like, let's do this. No doubt. I guess we should get into that a little bit. Georgia to Pennsylvania to, to Montana. I mean, how did that sort of pan out? Well, like I said, uh, the Georgia to, Mont to Pennsylvania was, uh, you know, I was adopted when I was seven. Um, but, uh, you know, after that, you know, once I went to school and uh, and uh, had the car accident, there was kind of a, a life change for me. Um, I wound up coming out here and working at a, uh, a youth ranch here in the state, uh, again, helping kids and stuff. Um, it was a lot of fun for me, but it did take me away from sports and whatnot. And like many young men do, I've met a beautiful Montana girl and, and you know the rest is somewhat history very cool you know what what's been the biggest thing that you have learned I guess in the in the couple months since you've been doing it um you know it's uh I, I've learned a lot first of all I've learned that uh I was always seeing it as from the player perspective of course growing up um so you don't see any of the parents or any of their hopes and dreams and and fears that go into it and so this this last few months for me has been huge because I'm looking at it for as a coach and as a father and I'm trying to separate those two um I'm trying to make sure you know that I'm doing the right things as a dad but also that I take care of my team as a coach um I, I've learned that uh that, that each of those kids is extremely unique. And there's really no way, at least in my opinion, to adequately always coach to a full group of kids, especially at that age. You have to be willing to sometimes take moment and break it down with individuals and work on individual skill sets. And so for me, I mean, patience has never been my super strong point, but learning the patience to slow things down a little bit and, you know, take my time. Well, that's the important thing, right? I think there can't be a, a one-size-fits-all plan, regardless of how much you believe in your plan and your general philosophies and what you're doing. It has to differ based on the, the player, right? Of course. Absolutely. What are, you know, we're, you're working with, with 10 new girls, and that's a, a hugely important developmental age. And you talked about working, you know, that's just about individual development, and it's not so much about you know, complicated tactics or whatever, because you can't. Right. But how how do you guys at FC Missoula and, and with your team 
sort of focus on that individual development because you're you're building these girls up for for future success, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the idea there is, uh, you know, especially in practice times, um, we we have the benefit of having two, sometimes three coaches on the field at a time, which allows me to say, hey, you guys are doing drills here. I can pull one or two of you off. Let's focus on this more, uh, you know, calculated skill. Um you see so much tremendous growth over the season that it allows you to continue to adapt like we talked about earlier, you know. In the beginning of the season, one girl may just be working on contact, you know, just regular contact, but at a certain point, now you're working on soft touch. And so now you've progressed, and you can take the time and work on it. The other interesting thing, I guess, in general with sports, and even at this young level, is they're they're slightly competitive, right, and in, in, in amongst themselves. So you get some that are succeeding and some that are struggling, and those that are struggling are looking, and they're trying to figure out, you know, ways to do it. And, um, you know, it's it's not a negative atmosphere by any means, but it's this positive kind of energy of like, let's strive for more. Let's all work to get better. And as coaches, we just need to recognize that sometimes isolate the player so they can do it a little bit, you know, on their own without, you know, sometimes the extra eyes create too much pressure, et cetera. But um, it's, it's really just watching your players. You can't just sit there on the sidelines and say, you know, go run some laps and do this drill. You got to be involved in the drill. You're actually watching them execute the, the maneuvers and, and see, you know. Coach Jay Risser from FC Missoula Club Soccer joining us here on this episode of the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast, the first Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast of the new year. Happy to be back in the studio doing it. Happy to have Jay in here with me. And Jay, I know we we just talked about, you know, the adaptability and, and you've got to take these girls as individuals and everything. But in general, talking about individual development with them, what are the skills that you're trying to teach them at this age group? What are the, what are the skills that are important as they move on talking about the game? I mean, the things that you need to be able to do on the field. Sure. Um, I think... Number one is probably spacing at this point. Um, there's there's a lot of that. Uh, I think a lot of folks, when they think about young, like youth soccer, they picture this amoeba, you know, moving around the field as one group and kind of kicking the ball around. So we're really striving for space, right? Um, consistency. Um, the last, we've been doing winter training. Uh, here in town and I mean we're working on soft touch on an an open hard gym floor um, trapping Um, last night we were bouncing balls to them so they could get a feel for you know things that aren't just passed perfectly to their feet Um, but at this level you you really have to just hone in like you said on the very core basics of it some of it is cardio related you know just making sure they're in shape they're fit they got to start working their way up that scale Um, the other side of it is simply being able to, to move the ball get as many touches and practice as you can you know those feet on the ball it it, you see a massive difference that's what I always remember from my abbreviated uh youth soccer career and an undecorated youth soccer career but I did play a couple years in middle school and I, I played a couple years on the JV team in high school and that's what I always remember from practice the assistant coach wasn't much older than us for the JV team because he just graduated from our high school and was right. just coming back, volunteering, whatever. But he had been a, a really good player in his day. It's all about the touches, right? All all about the touches. And he was working with a bunch of guys like me who had, had not played the game when they were kids but were decent athletes. It's just touches, 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 yep. touches, right? Absolutely. What have you thought just in general about... The, the state of youth soccer development in America. I've talked about this with a lot of people. It's a, it's a big sort of issue and a, and a flashpoint in the community, right? Because American youth sports development generally, this is the stereotype that you always hear at least, so focused on winning. And you see that with like AAU basketball or travel baseball. And, you know, soccer in general, has a development model that has not been focused on that. That's the development model that's imported from overseas, from Europe and South America, where the the focus has been on development, and that's been a proven successful model. So you have those two philosophies sort of coming up against each other. What have you thought of that of that dichotomy from being in it, from being around it? I mean, it's an interesting idea, really. Um, you know, there's there's a fine line that I think most clubs especially you know travel clubs like fc that are striving for a more competitive uh, product on the field there's a fine line that we're going to have to walk between that developmental growth and still you know looking at the game i mean it's the great game it's we're supposed to be able to drop a ball and play anywhere we want it's 
that's the goal of soccer at the end of the day is to just get kids out there and playing. Now, along the line, we're going to try to find a competitive, you know, angle of that. Of course, you know, um, we want to grow both as a club. We want the kids to grow as soccer players and as people. Um, I don't think there has to be a hard line set. I think it's okay to flirt with both of it. Um, I, you know, in, in one season of it, and especially at my level. I mean, just to be fair, the U10 we're not super focused on absolutely on, right. on competitive nature, right? Um, but at the higher levels, I know those coaches. I know some of the older you know teams uh, coaches, obviously. And although they do strive for excellence on the field, they're striving for excellence in their players too. And and they're looking for a good balance of uh, you know these kids going out there and having fun and having a good team environment and learning life skills, working with other people, et cetera, um, with learning learning how to be a great soccer player. Let's talk a little bit about your club. At FC Missoula, what's the, what's the structure there? I mean, how many teams do you guys have and how does it all work? So uh, right now, I believe we have about nine active teams. It fluctuates, uh, you know, season to season, depending on registrants and availabilities, et cetera. Um, we, we have an awesome selection of coaches um, from a bunch of diverse backgrounds. Um, most of them um, obviously heavily influences soccer their whole lives. All of the teams that uh, I've seen have all been, uh, you know, well put together. I, I only got a real good close look at um, some of the younger groups of the last couple of uh, seasons or, you know, last season in general. Um, But the main idea there is that, uh, you know, we're trying to find a coach, uh, ideally two coaches uh, per team that are, you know, great qualified individuals. And then we're, you know, we're looking for athletes that will take any skill level, you know, um, but we're trying to build solid teams out of them um, at, at every level we can. Like I said, at the U10 group, we've got a, we don't have the ability to make a, another younger group undermine right now. So we've got different ages at the U10, which is okay, you know. Right. You sort of explained that to me, and that might have been before we started recording, but you've got girls from, you said, seven to, to 10 years old. Right. Yep. Yeah. So the, you can imagine there, you know, you've got, there's the physical differences, right? I mean, kids at that age grow like a weed. I mean, we all know that. I mean, my my nine year old has just shot up just in the last year, you know. So when you got some seven year olds that are really small and kind of just learning the game and very very core fundamentals, and then you've got some ten year olds that, you know, can put some heat on the ball and understand, you know, some good ball, you know, movement skills and trying to package all of that together, you know, is is uh, is a challenge. So your footy 15, Andrew Houghton, providing some soccer content here for us on Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio, we've been catching up with a lot of our student of the weeks from uh, when we were gone during Christmas break and the beginning part of this busy 2022. And we'll hear from one of them next, Darby Hannon, a outstanding soccer player and great member of her community over in Bozeman, will join us next. Keep it right here. Matches from Stew of the Week with Darby Hannon of Bozeman High School coming up. Next, it's Nuanas Now. Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. Happy now to continue one of our favorite series. It's Mattress Firm Student of the Week. Each and, each, each and every week here on Nuanas Now, we highlight, in association with ABC Fox Montana Television, an outstanding student from across the state of Montana. Doesn't necessarily have to be an athlete, but uh, involved in some sort of extracurricular, whether it's, you know, the marching band or gymnastics or football, soccer, basketball, all, all of the things. Any extracurricular and also somebody that's involved in the community. That's the perfect student for us here for Student of the Week. And you can continue to nominate Student of the Weeks throughout this academic year. We'll be doing this all throughout the spring semester as well. We have 17 Student of the Weeks so far. And at the end of the year, we will have a, a compilation of a group that we will then choose a Student of the Year for. And that comes with quite a generous scholarship from our great friends at Mattress, Mattress Firm. This week's Student of the Week Darby Hannon. She's a senior at Bozeman High School. Darby, thanks so much for joining us. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Coulter? Very well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, first of all, I've asked this to a lot of the um, 
students at, at Bozeman High School and at Gallatin High School, too, because I lived in Bozeman for about eight years, and it was always a one high school town uh, when I lived there. And now another AA high school in Gallatin High and also Belgrade, which is just, you know, 10 minutes away from Bozeman, also has a AA high school. So, I mean, have you noticed it? Does it, does it change anything about just uh, your day-to-day experience as a student? Um, <laughs> I would say so, yeah. Um, there's definitely a level of rivalry forming. There's a, there's quite a bit of rivalry forming, especially with Gallatin. You know, there's always been, Belgrade's sort of always been there, but we kind of, you know, Bozeman, I don't know, I just kind of feel a lifted sense of, you know, school pride sort of, um, Yeah. Well, it's very cool to have a, a crosstown rival like that. I mean, it's one thing, you know, we're broadcasting out of Missoula right here, and we're always talking about the crosstown mm-hmm. rivalries between Hellgate and Sentinel and Big Sky. So very cool that Bozeman has a, a crosstown rival now. So let's start first with you as a soccer player. You play for the Bozeman High soccer team. Uh, you, you were a senior this last season. Uh, just take us through it. What did you like about the experience? What was your senior year like, just uh, sort of playing your final high school season uh, with your teammates? Oh, it was it was a blast. Um, I, I was a, uh, voted captain this year for the team. Uh, so I kind of felt the role of leadership, especially this, this season, um, which was really fun. I felt like I was able to, um, sort of like, you know, teach, have some teaching moments and like be an example and hopefully continue passing on the torch of like being a good, person as the biggest part of our program at Bozeman High. Um, so it was just a lot of fun. It was, it was obviously really sad um, having it be the last season that I was going to be a Hawks soccer player, but, um, you know, also just kind of exciting, like moving on to the next thing. But, yeah. Darby Hannon joining us. She's a Bozeman High School senior, a soccer player, as well as a coach and volunteer at the Special Olympics. And so you mentioned sort of teaching on the soccer field, Darby. Is there a parallel there? I mean, the fact that you have coached and helped out with Special Olympics throughout the years, do you feel that kind of comes naturally to you? Have you kind of learned those skills with your work with Special Olympics? Oh, yes. I would I would 100% say so. Um, <laughs> it's definitely different. Uh, special Olympics has a very special place in my heart, and the kids I teach in Special Olympics are, it's a little bit different, but definitely some overlap with, you know, just being a leader, Um that's kind of what I've learned through both both Special Olympics and regular soccer, just being there for my teammates and, like, being a good friend, first and foremost. Well, I've volunteered with Special Olympics in the past as well, and it is just so much fun. It's so great. It's so rewarding. But for you, I mean, what, what do you get out of it? What, what's the most fun part for you? Oh, uh, that, that's a hard question. I mean, I really think that oh, so so much is fun about it, but I would say – just getting to be around so many amazing people, um, the students, the coaches, the volunteers, unified partners, you know, everybody that's involved is just is so pure in their heart. And um, I just have such a good time. You know, I've met some of the best people um, that I have ever known and probably will ever know in Special Olympics. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. Well, very cool. It is a very rewarding experience for everybody involved, to be certain. Darby Hannon joining us. She is a senior at Bozeman High School. She is our Mattress Room Student of the Week from the final week of December. We're a couple, uh, we're catching up on a couple of these here, but she was our 15th of our 17 Student of the Week so far. This is a uh, partnership with ABC Fox Montana as well as SWX Montana Television. So each week here on Nuan is Now on ESPN Radio, you can always hear an interview with the Student of the Week. And Darby, how about uh, upcoming in the future? First of all, do you play any other sports? Will you do any other sports here for your senior year? Uh, I am not planning on it. Uh, soccer has been my main focus. Uh, I, I have, I'm volunteering for Special Olympics. I did basketball Special Olympics, and I'm doing bowling right now. And then I'll do soccer in the spring for Special Olympics. But just for myself as an athlete for the high school, soccer will probably be it. Well, very cool. How about in the future? Do you have any idea what you want to do after high school? Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I know that I, I would like to go to college. I've, you know, I've been going through that process right now, applying to schools, getting accepted. Um, I'm looking to get recruited to play college soccer. Um, that's, you know, 
been part of my life right now, seeing seeing if that'll work out at any of the schools. Um, but, you know, I don't have a really solid plan. Um, I know I would like to possibly go into studying uh, special education just because I've loved Special Olympics so much and working with the kids. But, you know, we'll just, we'll see what happens. It's always, I don't know, it might change, but yeah. Well, very cool. We, we we wish you the best of luck here at ESPN Radio with everything that happens between now and then. And uh, congratulations again on her student of the week. It is Darby Hannon. She's from Bozeman High School. She's our matches firm student of the week this week. And uh, Darby, thank you so much for taking some time for us here today. Best of luck with everything. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, student out there, you want to nominate mattress firm MT backslash students. And the only qualifications are that they're outstanding students and involved in some sort of ex- extracurricular activity. We'll be giving away our student of the year at the end of this academic school year. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. All things NFL playoffs, plus one of the biggest needs this offseason for both the Grizzlies and the Bobcats. A conversation continued, including an interview with a young man who's coming to the University of Montana, Jaden Dawson. Montana's newest cornerback recruit. Keep it right here. CSPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get Commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 